This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Hey there, stackers. Just one quick note before we get started with today's show. Normally... If you're analytical enough to pay attention to our calendar, and I'm laughing because who does that? I listen to a bajillion podcast. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow. I just look at my device and go on my run and you kind of go with me. But if you're somebody that knows that we do eight weeks on and one week off, you know this is supposed to be our off week, but it's not going to be. We are instead going to bring you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday some of the best guests that we've had on the show, some of the funniest moments that we've had on the show, because these are our three live shows. And sure, there's going to be a few visual events that that uh, you'll hear in these episodes that might not translate to just the audio format, but generally the quality of people who are on our stage, just fantastic. And you'll also see the show change. And for people that went to the live shows, guess what? Your live show was a little different than the other ones because we We changed it up every show. So I'm super excited, have to say, and you're going to hear a lot more about these two awesome brands later. Big thanks to Bloom, Bloom with three O's. You'll get to try it for free if you go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Bloom. They drove the tour as did TIAA, just a phenomenal organization celebrating 100 years by bringing difference makers on our stage. And along with, don't get me wrong, they didn't just celebrate with Stacky Benjamins. They have done so much to celebrate 100 years of helping some great people get what uh, they want for themselves. So an, an organization founded by Andrew Carnegie to make sure that teachers weren't destitute. Uh, just thrilling that we have both of these two brands with us and Chris Costello on the stage with us and the TI Difference Makers. So big thanks to them. Thanks to you, everybody who came out. This is Orlando today. We had a great crowd, about 100 people in Orlando. A lot of our FinCon friends were there. 
Chris Browning's Popcorn Finance went first. You'll hear that on, in the feed uh, last week. So go back and listen to that. But Chris had a great uh, opening act for us. And uh, this is the Stacky Benjamin Show live from Orlando, Florida. Live. Cho, uh, where the hell are we again? Orlando. Orlando. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the last true authentic town in the Old South. Yeah. Right. Love it. All right. Hey, so we're doing a show from here or something? Is that what's happening? All right. It's great. All right. Hey, Richie, let's light this candle. Roll it, baby. Yeah. Live from Orlando, Florida. It's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey there, money nerds. We're live from the home of theme parks and thrill rides, which is appropriate because we're a podcast most people say are living in a fantasy financial land, and I think that's pretty universal. See what I did there? Yeah. That's how they go. On today's show, we welcome maybe our most star-studded lineup ever. From the Sense of Sense blog, Michelle Schroeder-Gardner. Plus, helping TIAA support difference makers in the Orlando community from Rise Against Hunger, we welcome Jason Hallbrook. From SavingsAngel.com, Josh Elledge. From DIY.fund, Eric and Wendy Nissan. From Afford Anything, Paula Pant. From the Money Millhouse Podcast, Ellie Kay and Bethany Bayless. From Planting Money Seeds, Miranda Marquette. And from the Inspired Money Podcast, Andy Wong. And our guest co-host, co-founder of Blue, Chris Costello. And now, put your hands together for Joe Salcija, Chris Costello, and everybody say it with me now. Oh, J-J-J-J-G! Hey, hey, hey! We are back. How are you? I feel like I'm saying that. How are you? Yes! Ready to have some more money fun? Absolutely. Chris, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Great. OG, how... Where the hell's OG? It was, he's not my responsibility. No, you had him. Nope. Nope. No? That, okay. He's got the bag on over his head, and he's probably walking around the parking lot. <laughs> Doug, can you go get OG? Really, dude? Please, go get OG. God, son of a... <laughs> I've always done this. Loop my back. Put my toe down. Put my gun while he's going to get OG, let's say this, this particular episode of the Stack of Benjamin Show is brought to you by Bloom. Thank you. You know a little bit about Bloom. Tell us about Bloom. Well, Bloom was started about five years ago. I, I've been in the money management business for a long time, and we saw a need for people that didn't get access to financial advisors, probably people in this room. Raise your hand if you've got a 401k or have one. Okay. Now, keep it up in the air if you know what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. So that's why we started Bloom five years ago. Awesome. And we also have, uh, we're also brought to you by TIAA, and we have Ken and Anne Marie here. Guys, wave from TIAA. Thanks for sponsoring the show. TIAA was founded by this little guy you might hear. 
This little guy you might know named Andrew Carnegie. Anybody know Andrew Carnegie? Do it, Miranda. For a hundred years, TIA has been a different, <laughs> a different kind of financial services company serving millions of people who've dedicated their lives to serving others across the academic, research, cultural, medical, government, and nonprofit fields. TI is commemorating its centennial by celebrating the people who've inspired others and made a positive impact on the world on October 1st. And I think this is really cool. Hi there. I'm glad you could make it, OG. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, on October 1st, TIA honors 100 difference makers with a $10,000 donation in their name to support the nonprofit where they make a difference. That's 100 donations totaling $1 million they're going to give away to difference makers. And we're going we're gonna to talk to a group making a difference tonight. Want to learn more about the Difference Maker 100 program? Head to TIAADifferenceMaker100.org. We'll have a link to that in our show notes at stackybedjamins.com. OG, you going to be able to breathe there? This is very warm. <laughs> How many people? We, we've never done this before. Well, we've never done a live show like this before, so thank you for coming out. But uh, how many people want to see OG uh, without, the, without the bag on? Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm advising against this. Right. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, pal. That's it's a, a really, Richie bar. It's a really All pretty right, bag, uh, Richie, can we have uh, maybe a drum roll? Yeah! Okay. How many people want to see what, your Batman now? Is that the deal? I'm Batman. <laughs> You've come to save this podcast already. Already. The show just began, and he's going to save it. So, uh, how many people want to see him without the Batman mask on? No. All right, here we go. Drum roll. <laughs> I told fired. you. I warned you. You're Richie Lederese, our producer back there. Yes. And we got the Stacky Benjamins band with us tonight. Man. Andy Wong is here. Miranda Markwitz here. How are you guys? Fantastic. Well, we got a great show for you today. We've got some fantastic guests, so let's get this party started. Our first guest tonight is a guy who's here locally. You know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Chris, I, I heard that Orlando might be an expensive town sometimes. There's this mouse, and you bring like six bags of gold, and you set it at his feet when yeah. you visit here. Yeah. Last time I came here, I had to get a home equity line of credit just to pay for the trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk to a guy who helps people save money. He's going to tell us how to live more frugally visiting all the sites in Orlando. Ladies and gentlemen, from SavingsAngel.com, our good friend Josh Elledge. Good, good. These attractions are a little expensive. Uh, well, look, we've got to pay for Star Wars. We've got to pay for Marvel. That's a lot of intellectual property that Disney's got to pay for. So where's that money going to come from? Miles doesn't have it. From all, all of you us. fine folks. So yes. thank you. Yes, awesome. So uh, you've got some stats for us. Uh, yeah, in fact, you know, I, we're going to talk about hotel accommodations tonight. And I'm going to give you a gift that is going to last with you for the rest of your life, I'm going to give you free hotel upgrades for life. Wow. Who hey, likes the, that? Hey, before we get that, I think the first hotel recommendation should be don't know, name your hotel Rosen Shingle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That should probably be somewhere. Yeah. Get some wise guy making jokes about it every night. Yeah. Maybe. 
Yeah. Uh, so what the, the question is, uh, the think of all the big cities around the globe, and uh, you think of all of the people, all of the hotel rooms. How many? What we're looking for is the top five cities in terms of total number of hotel rooms. And so think about it, and there's going to be one person, there's going to be one city that's probably going to come in last, and whoever shouts out that city, Joe, um, T-shirt. Yeah, well, we're going to give him a prize, uh, and I think it's Joe's mom's casserole of the day. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. It, it's got tuna yeah, and yeah, yeah. protein, tuna, yeah, I'm sure. And all the, yeah, the mystery meat <laughs> casserole. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. that's what you get. Yeah. Um, but so what I'd like to hear is your guess for what is in the top five cities around the globe in terms of total number of hotel rooms. Around the globe. Globally. Las Vegas coming in at number one. Nice job. Good job. <laughs> excellent, Good excellent. Work. All right, what else is in the top five? I hear Orlando. Orlando is actually number two, believe it or not. You guys are good. All right, New York. York? Not in the top five, believe it or not. Are you kidding me? No, absolutely not. Tokyo, not in the top five. Singapore, not in the top five. Dubai? Dubai is actually number 10, and it just popped into number 10. Des Moines, Iowa. (laughs) Not Des Moines? San Francisco, no. Hong Kong, Chicago is number five. Who said Chicago? Nice job. So we're looking for two more, and I want you to think European. London is not it. Rome is not it. Vienna. Paris is coming in at number three. Number of hotel rooms. Number four, I knew this one was going to come in tough, yeah. this last. So if you get this, you get the casserole. Think again. Texarkana. <laughs> think yes. again, Europe. Think very, very Western oh, Europe. Oh, hey, hey, Texarkana's not that fun. All seven of our hotel rooms sell out quickly, okay? Yeah, easy, Greg. Oh, oh, I heard it. Barcelona. Nice. Yes. Nice. You like my uh, authentic pronunciation? Bar- 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 Barcelona. I love that. Yeah. Have you been there? I have not. Oh, it's beautiful. You get a T-shirt, by the way. Remind, remind me afterwards. Let's, let's nice. get you some swag. Yeah, because you yeah, have two answers. But let's good. talk about, though, seriously, let's talk yep. about saving money here because yep. it's expensive to go to Disney. It's mm-hmm. expensive to go to Universal. So how do we do it more frugally? Yeah, so look, there's not a whole lot of options if you're not a local in terms of getting deals on theme park tickets. I, that's the number one question I get all the time. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room. Um, you, can, you can certainly Google. I think Undercover Tourist, honestly, is about the best deal you're going to get unless you know someone who works at the theme park, then they can... And totally hook you up. Um, now the uh, they which they can because they all get free tickets. So uh, make friends, make more friends. That's your that's your lesson in life. You need to make more friends. Mom told you that from the beginning. <laughs> and look at it, it pays off. Yeah. So now the area where you can absolutely save a ton of money because if you want to stay on property at Disney World, it's very expensive. Um, but it's a Disney experience. But if you don't need that, then you can absolutely save a lot of money at the number two biggest hotel destination on the planet in Orlando. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to give you a formula and we're going to invoke some like neuro-linguistic programming. We're going to use some psychology. Like, yeah. Now this seriously, I'm going to tell you right now that I, this works about 80, 90% of the time, unless you really just, you don't, someone's not going to willing to play with you. Uh, But this will work almost every single time. Now there's a couple of premises. All right. You have to be a nice person. So, oh. yeah, so, yeah. Doug's out. Doug's out. 
Doug's yes. out. So if you're a out. little bit of a jerk in real life, not going to work. Sorry, Dave Ramsey. Uh, don't, oh, no, no, no. no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's, not, he's a sweetheart. Easy. No, you didn't. Easy. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, send your hate mail to Josh at savingsangel.com. Oh, man, it's already there. Okay. So, yeah, so you have to be a nice person. Um, it, it Really, if you're a grumpy person, no one's going to hook you up. So you have, to, you have to be nice. So that would be the first thing. So next, you want to get into a hotel and you want to be able to get the lowest price hotel room in a hotel that actually has the ability to upgrade you, the, a, a hotel that actually has very nice rooms. And so it just whatever you got to do to get the cheapest room, I don't know what you'd call that, okay. not the presidential suite, but yeah. some, not the president, the, you know, the, the secretary little... of agriculture suite. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. You want... That, that's the room you want. Like, so use hot wire price or whatever. Groupon, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever you got to do to just get a, a room in a nice hotel. Then it's very imperative that you are a member of every single loyalty club on the planet, particularly the one that you're booking at. Um, so Marriott would be Marriott Rewards. Rosen Shingle Creek would be Rosen Shingles for Life Club. I, I don't know what they... That sounds terrible. Uh, for life, in all capitals, for life. <laughs> Yes. So, Terminal. So, so you have to be a member of the loyalty because oftentimes they'll use that as the justification for what I'm about to reveal and how you're going to be able to do this. So they, they'll look and they go, oh, you're a member of our loyalty club. Okay. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, so now, uh, so you got your room. Congratulations. You want a great rate, $60, whatever it may be. Like you got a good deal and you're excited about it. So obviously what you want to do now is you call the hotel, link your reservation to your loyalty club in case you didn't use it when you booked. Okay, so if you're using hot wire and price sign, obviously you're not going to make that connection. You do it on the phone and you be nice and you make sure that at the very least they haven't put you, you know, facing the, the garbage dumpster or something like that. I mean, get the very bare minimum. Okay, then this is where the magic happens. You go into the lobby and again, smiles, very nice. And I also want you to evoke an emotion that's like, oh. I'm so glad to be here. Like, you really are grateful to be here, right? And so then there's some terms that I'm going to have you use. And that is, I want you to say this. I don't know what your occupancy rate is, because you already came in, smiles, and you say, I don't know what your occupancy rate is. That's the first thing. Now, why do you say that? Because normal tourists don't use that term. Who uses that term? Hotel industry insiders, people who work in hospitality, right? And so now they're not hooking up the man because no one wants to hook up the man. They want to hook up, oh, I'm going to hook up my buddy. Yeah, he's on the inside. He's one of us, right? And so that's the first thing. I don't know what your occupancy rate is. Then you need to give them an excuse, any excuse. Have you ever heard that study where it's, can I cut in line? No. Can I cut in line because I have dandruff? Yes. Because you have rosen shingles. Rosen <laughs> I've got rosen shingles. Thank you. Yes, that one works every time, by the way. Contagious? So you've heard of that study, right? Where just you give any excuse. So oftentimes if you're traveling with your kids, you could say something like, my kids have been so good in the car and we really wanted to treat them. So you give them any excuse. Any excuse will do. If you're business traveling, you say, look, I'm going to be so busy, blah, blah, blah. You just give them anything. Just something that they can identify with. Right, right. Yeah. And if you don't have kids, I mean, you, you're... Yes. Your wife has been very nice in My the car. My wife has been great in the She's car. She's been so good. We played the quiet game. She hasn't talked for an hour. That never goes well. Sorry. 
Don't yeah. try that. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> no, work. No, don't do that. No, do no, not. That does not work. Okay, so you give them any excuse, and then, uh, and then here's the magic. You ready? This is the magic. This is where it really happens. You've already proven you're an insider. You gave them a reason, and then this is what you say. You put your hands up, and you say, now, I don't know if you have the power or if you have any available upgrades, but if you did, I would be so grateful. All right, write that down. Seriously, that's powerful stuff right there. If you have the power. I don't know if you have the power. You say it just like that. Now, put your hands up, okay, because this is all psychology here. I don't, I'm completely at your mercy. I don't know if you have the power. Okay, what is someone going to do when you say, I don't know if you've got the power. You, you know, I got the power. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, and by the way, uh, you will learn who you have a powerful effect on. Uh, and gentlemen, I'm just going to say generally you're going to have more luck with ladies. Ladies, you're going to have more luck with gentlemen. It, it, I've seen this very consistently. But the expression I love to catch is... Uh, Oh, I'm about to show you power, young well, one. Well, watch this. <laughs> and then the little clickety, clickety, clickety click on the keyboard. Oh, yeah. And so because they want to, they want to prove themselves to you. They want to show that, you know, they have a, they, and listen, most people in hospitality actually do have the ability to do that. Sometimes they need to ask permission of the manager, but they absolutely can. So they want to hook you up. You're a nice person. Uh, and then you've also put them in a position where they want to prove themselves to you. And you should also be very specific like if they say so like what or just like look um you know maybe something with an extra bedroom so my wife and i could have some privacy no no just, uh, uh, something you, like you, that what are you doing? she's been so quiet and usually what that means no 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 i don't know what you've been thinking about we we, we got to move on but yes, yes, but <laughs> believe it or not we got to move on with the uh but, but but tell everybody about savings angel and what's going on there uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so you could ju just Google me, really. Uh, you could, I've got a podcast and everything. So, honestly, if you like having a buddy who just, that dude just knows the hookup. He has a hookup on everything. I'm that guy that you want to know. You are know. that guy. Yeah, Savings yes. Angel Show is a podcast. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Josh Ellinger, yes. buddy. Thanks a ton, man. Thanks a ton. <laughs> Fantastic. Our next guests are, uh, you know, when you think of Orlando, you, you, you generally don't think about fintech a lot, Chris. Yeah, oh, thank you. That. you. Well, not necessarily right away. No, but it's cool. There's a fintech. Hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. My, my pocket's buzzing. Rude. What? Oh, my. Rude. Uh, it's mom. It's mom. <laughs> okay, so we got to play this cool. Because we told mom that we were uh, down at the library. I'm going to put this on speakerphone, though. So, Richie, can you put this on speaker for us? All right. Hey, uh, mom. Hello. Hello. Uh, mom. Joe. It, I'm here. I'm here. Mom, I'm here. I got gotcha. you. Well, why do you sound so strange? And where, where are my glasses? I can't see. Joe. Ma mom, I'm here. It goes this way every time. Mom, I'm here. I got gotcha. you. Oh, so where are you? We are at the library, studying. We're studying. Studying? What, are you studying about writing better jokes? Oh. I said that's really a good idea for some time now. Hey, what's that noise in the background? Is that people laughing? I can promise you, Mom, nobody's laughed here for like the last 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm sure oh. of it. 
well, for some reason, I had this really weird idea. And I know this is just plum crazy that you boys were down in Orlando, Florida. Ah, can you imagine that? I can't, I can't imagine that. Why would we be in Orlando? We are not in Orlando, Mom. So what are you boys doing down at the Texarkana Library? Oh, I, uh, hey, hey, Mom, we're, uh, we're helping OG find a soul. Uh, he, uh, he's just always so grumpy. We're trying to make him like just find love for his common man. For myself? It's not going well. Oh, is that Doug's voice? That sure sounds like Doug. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ma, it's me. I'm here. What's you? Everything okay? Uh, you know I hate speakerphones. <sighs> Tell Doug that his order of armpit degreaser just came in today. Oh, yes. Easy. Yes. Easy. Calm down. We got a show to do. I need that. I need Calm that. Down. Yes. Oh, That's... is OG there studying too? He's here yep. too, Mom. I am here. Yes. Yeah, she's here. He. I'm here. Well, make sure he by you. bag back on over his head. He's going to get an awful sunburn in that bald spot of his. We, we tried to tell him to leave it on, Mom, and he won't leave it this on. This lady is savage. She's <laughs> pretty rude. <laughs> Welcome to Mom. Huh? You boys haven't been drinking, have you? Uh, no. Nope. No. Just since well, noon. Okay. Tell Doug to maybe tone down those ridiculous shirts. What the... Lady, this is gold. This has been working oh, okay. for me since 78. And Joe? Yes? Please be safe coming home from Orlando. And tell those people that you're with that I love them all. Oh, and one more thing. Yeah, Mom. Tell them to call their mother. All right. Thanks, Mom. Aww. Love you too, Mom. Bye, sweetie. Bye, Mom. Yeah. Love Bye, Ma. Big game for Mom, everybody. All right. Our next guest are uh, people bringing the fintech community to Orlando, Florida. It's funny because, like we were saying earlier before Mom uh, rudely interrupted us. Rudely. We, we, uh, y you don't expect fintech in Orlando. You come here for tourism, but there is a fintech. There's a cool startup community, and we're about to hear about it. So yes. let's welcome to the stage from DIY.fund our friends Eric and Wendy Nissan. Stone Temple Pilots on the ukulele? How about that? <laughs> you won't get that on those other podcasts. <laughs> Only the ones with Andy. Nice job. How are you guys? We are doing great. Fantastic. Yeah, well, tell everybody, because you're not originally from Orlando. Not at all. That's the question. <laughs> well, first, people usually ask us, why are you working with your husband? <laughs> well, that, that is a good question. Yes, right. But it really started, we looked at each other, we worked on Wall Street, both of us, and I sold junk bonds and distressed debt forever, and he was working for a hedge fund, and we looked at each other one day and said, you know, we've had this idea for a business, if we do it outside of New York, we don't have to be commuting, and we don't have snow, and we don't have all the terrible weather, and our kids are young, we could have them grow up in a really nice place. And we looked at each other one day, and we flew down here. We moved here like three weeks later. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of funny because the natives here kind of look at us like, you left New York to come here, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't, isn't half the population here from New York? I, I think the grass is always <laughs> greener. <laughs> I, I thought like everybody's here oh, from New York. they're all over the place. Yeah. Yes. No one's from here. 
but, 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 but what, about, what about starting the business, though? Whose idea was it originally to start the business? You know, it, it grew from we as investors, and I was at a hedge fund, as, as my wife said, and I would look at what the hedge fund was doing and look at my own accounts and look at the hedge fund. And I go, you know, they have a system. They have a plan, and I had a smattering of random stocks. Jim Cramer told him half of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we, um, so we built some tools just for ourselves. I was in technology, so I can manage my own portfolio. My wife looked at it, and she's like, I think other people can use this. And so really more from that, that, that uh, idea. So I like that, how it started with your personal situation, and you went, you know, other people are going to like that. That's really cool. We started with just performance reporting and things that you, that you can't get otherwise. And so it's yeah, tell fun. everybody about what, what exactly you do so people know exactly what, what DIY Fund it's, is uh, all about. Yeah, briefly, it's an online investment platform, but more so that you can holistically manage your portfolio versus you know charting and, and some of the things that I think are dangerous for the individual investor, but something that an advisor would give you, but without the advisor, we're doing it as a platform. Wendy, let's talk a little bit about the community here because th there's not a huge fintech community, but do you have a few friends in the space? Yeah, well, the first thing we did actually when we decided that there really was something here, we applied to the local accelerator. And startup community is really thriving here because they are, you know, besides real estate, and I know you keep making fun of Rosen, but he is a fa fascinating story and probably it's on your hotel room wall somewhere. But he started with nothing, bought the first hotel with nothing, grew tremendously, and now he actually pays for every child who wants to go to college in a very underprivileged area. Wow. So he is amazing. So Rosen is kind of like a big local hero. Yeah. Um, but it's so, a funny name for a hotel. It is a it funny is name a for a hotel. <laughs> yes. However, so when we came down here and we looked at each other and said, we've got this great business, we really need some validation. And so we applied to the accelerator and there were 80 applications for 10 spots and we got in and we were awesome. really excited. And they kind of looked at us and said, are you sure you wanna work with your husband? <laughs> and we said, we're, we complement each other perfectly, we love it, it's been our dream to actually work together. And we, the first thing they do is they teach you your elevator pitch. And we go through our elevator pitch and we're talking about diversified, well-balanced portfolio for everybody. And it was a sea of deer in the headlights. <laughs> yeah, we were a little nervous. We said, okay, there are definitely financial firms. There's a lot of payments. FinTech is a very big space. There's some sure. retirement. But for the most part, there's a very thriving startup community and entrepreneurial community. Um, maybe not as much FinTech, but we still do exist here. Sure. No, that's great. And then we, we had to ask, so when you do disagree... Like, who, who, win, who, who wins? How do you decide? Oh, he grabs the mic. Really? You got to ask that? You see that? He's Wrong. like, no, 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 I got this one. Grab the mic to basically not answer the question. And <laughs> so how are you today, Joe? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so, no, seriously, you can't agree all the time. Like, what do you do? Because working with your spouse is, it's, it's very difficult. But, you know, I come from technology. She does a lot of the marketing side. So we really don't clash on the things that are in our roundhouse. So... And honestly, no one would have ever put us together in the first place, but we have always been able, we'll walk in somewhere totally random and we'll both love it. We've always been able to see very much eye to eye, but from totally different perspectives. So our skills are completely different and they complement each other. And so we don't really argue. We just 
focus on. Yeah, it's like you've got your area, Eric's got yep. his area, yep. and you're the expert over here, he's the expert over there. And I think that if it wasn't so well-defined, like defining that, if you're going to work not just with a spouse, but with anybody. I remember reading the E-Myth and reading about how you should, you should make sure everybody has predefined roles, or whether you're married or not, there's going to be fights. Well, the one thing that's really interesting is when we did go through the accelerator, and at one point, there was a VC who came in, and there was another couple actually in the program, and he said, I would never give financing to a married couple. Are you kidding me? And really? I got really angry. I mean, really <laughs> angry. And I went right at him, but it basically... I looked and, and I, I bet said, that sealed the financing deal. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I but bet I, Penny's like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he ba basically, I said, you will never get anyone in any company that is 24-7. You know, we live this 24-7, 3 o'clock in the morning. Hey, I got this great idea, you know. So I think, you know, and, and they went through and researched. There's like, unbelievably amazing, successful married couples with very successful companies. You know, I also think that, you know, even in business when you're working with other people, the, the right idea will, all, will eventually gravitate to the top. And so you don't have to argue to be right. You just have to argue for the right thing. And, and eventually we can disagree, but the right idea will bubble up and we both will come to see that. So it's a natural process. Chris, you're in FinTech. Uh, you and your spouse work together at all? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> See, and we get that. That's like That's what she thing. says, though, yeah, not yeah. you. She's like, I'm not working Wait, with that guy. At, at night, she says that? Or just what the hell? No, just, sorry. oh, <laughs> boom. Oh, sorry. Yes. But, 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 uh, 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 fintech in general, like working with with just people. Well, in general. I, I, I can empathize with you guys on the VC standpoint because uh, I actually sometimes tell the story that I'm part of the 100 Club, and what that means is we pitched Bloom to over 100 investors in total between our Series A and Series B rounds. So it takes a lot. You have to believe, I mean, passionately in what you're building uh, and, 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 and stick with it. And I can see your frustration, you know, of why they would say something like that to you. Yeah, does that get tiring, telling the same story over and over and over? You know, I, I think you have new ways as you progress your company. You actually morph into different ways of thinking, and so I don't think it's the same thing, but it kind of... Yeah. And I have to say, we were very lucky. We came, we weren't even out of the accelerator, and we got introduced to one of the largest online brokers, and, you know, went under, under NDA with them, you know, when the company was barely alive. So we, and then we put ourselves into competitions. We won both. We had just success and validation from the very start. And we get validated every day by the sign-ups, 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 and our wait list is still so long that we can't even get people on. So That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So what's, what's next at DIY.fun? What are you guys working on now? Yes. Yeah, so we are a web-based platform. We're working on Android, iOS. And, you know, our biggest challenge is, you know, finance is such a diverse group of people. You have people that want to do it themselves, want to get as complicated, and people who just want to have it all done for them. And so we're trying to really get the platform in a way to be optimized to, to how do we balance it so it feeds the, the most amount of people, but it gives them as much power as possible. And those are two things we're trying to weigh and to optimize the platform to do that. So That's exciting. You guys are working on some new, new, new stuff now, too. And yet we're also working on some private deals. Some people okay. have come to us and said, you know, we, we have a platform that no one else has. There's been a whole movement in this country for 
you know, sort of this populist movement that people really do want to do it themselves. They want to understand. Millennials say, you know, why do I need to pay someone to do this? I can do this myself. So we have, you know, we offer a platform that no one else exists. You know, the robos went part of the way there, but they still contain, you know, maintain control. And, you know, it's, it's been sort of a win-win for everyone involved. Nice. Eric and Wendy Nissan, everybody. We'll have a link to DIY.fun on our show notes page at StackyBenjamins.com. Thank Thanks, guys. Those are our headline segments, guys. Uh, uh, takeaway, uh, put the hotel person in charge. That's a takeaway. Yeah, well, I, I, I totally understand what they're saying. People do want to have some involvement. This, this, this thought Thank of like you. delegating it totally away is different with the next generation. They do want to have some involvement, so I like, I like that strategy. Have some control. Uh, definitely. Yeah, and then our second takeaway, OG? I prefer the $20 bill. Hi. <laughs> Do you have any upgrades? <laughs> Much faster. And they look at it and go, no. <laughs> nice to a All right, are we ready for our featured interview tonight? <laughs> yes, she was somebody who had lots and lots of student loan debt. She uh, uh, decided to take massive action. And not only, by the way, did she solve her student loan debt problem, she now has one of the top money blogs in the internet called Making Sense of Sense. Please welcome to the stage, Michelle Schroeder Gardner. How are you? I try to squeeze up here. <laughs> let's, let, so, so let's talk. Because but maybe some people here, some people listening on the uh, podcast, they don't know where you just came from. Tell everybody about your life right now. That is such a hard question to answer. So right now, me and my husband live on a boat. On a boat. And so we used to RV before then, though. But before then, Missouri. Well, actually, Colorado and then Missouri. We're from Missouri. You're from, you're from Missouri. <laughs> You're from Missouri slash Colorado slash a boat slash an yeah. RV. Yep. Yeah. But let's talk about the RV and the boat. Yep. But, but that's fascinating. So where does your mail get sent? That, that's the number one question. I'm always like, I live on a boat. And everyone's like, do you get your mail, though? It's like, of course I still get mail. Of course mail. I get my yeah. mail, yeah. It gets sent to like a P.O. box, and then I just tell them where I want it. It's really easy. So that is you today, but that wasn't you right out of college because you had a bunch of credit card debt in college. No, student loan debt. Student loan debt. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, student loan debt. But you had a lot of student loan debt. Yep. Um, so I graduated in 2007 from high school, and then I went to college and got two undergraduate degrees. Graduated from then in 2010 with around, I want to say like twenty-five dollars or $30,000 in student loan debt. And then I worked as a financial analyst, and then I went back to school for my MBA. And then in the end, I had around $40,000 in student loan debt. Were you thinking during that time while you're taking out the student loans, were you thinking at all then about repayment strategy and about, hey, how am I going to get through this debt? I wish. Right. <laughs> is that, but, but seriously, but people don't think about that at the time. So you, when did you go, oh, my God, this is a lot of debt? Um, so... When I graduated with my two undergraduate degrees, I actually got like the first bill in the mail, and it, but it said if I go back for my graduate degree, for my MBA, it would be in forbearance, and I won't have to pay for it right away. So I was like, huh, oh, that, that's, that's, where oh. That's, that's where they get you. That's where they get you. That's where they get you. Like, just go to school. It'll, it'll be free. <laughs> it's free forever. Yeah. So instead, I worked 50 hours a week as a financial analyst, went to school as my, for my MBA, started the blog, 
Um, and then once I graduated from my MBA, I actually got like the first bill. And I can't remember how much it was for, but it was like almost $1,000 a month in student loan payments. And I was just like, I don't want to pay this for the yeah. next like 15 years. Yeah. So, so you started the, you, you've casually said, oh, I started this blog, Making Sense of Sense, which now is this huge blog. <laughs> but you started the blog. Tell me about the decision process to do that. So I started making Sense of Sense in August of 2011. It was all just a hobby. Um, one day I was just reading Cosmopolitan magazine, and in it they featured like, like Doug does. <laughs> yes, and it's in so it informative. they featured uh, Daily Worth, uh, the women's financial online website. And in it, I didn't realize that personal finance blogs existed or anything like that. But I got like super sucked in, into the financial world. I was reading about how people were paying off their debt quickly, people were side hustling, making more money, and stuff like that. And I thought, why not? I just started a blog, but I didn't know blogs could make money. I thought it was all just a hobby. So I started my blog just as a hobby, had no idea blogs could make money, and I'm here now. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but that's funny. So you started as a hobby. It now, by the way, Michelle's blog, if you don't, well, you, you, you tell everybody what you make. She makes six figures a month from her blog. Yep. So when you when you started though you're like oh, I don't know if I can make any money when did the light go on and go this might be my cash cow <laughs> I so hate her on Making Sense of Sense, like in the very beginning, I was talking about uh, how I needed to find another job to pay off my debt. And so I'm working like 34 hours a week on my blog, not making any money, didn't know that blogs could make money. Well, wait a minute. Let me stop you there. You're working 30 or 40 hours on your blog. For free. On, and on top of that, you're working full-time someplace else. Yep. So we're at 80, 80 90 hours a week. I was working week. a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the blog was all just a hobby. So, I mean, I didn't... I, Definitely wasn't doing it for the money if I didn't know that I could make money with it. And um, I want to say it was like six or seven months in, um, an advertiser contacted me and asked me if I wanted to uh, partner with them. And it was only just like $100 or whatever, but I mean, it was the first $100 I had made on my blog. And I was six or seven months in, and I pretty much just got hooked after that because I was like, I love blogging. Why not make a little bit of money from it? So. But that's funny. You see, people in with this, you know, they have something good to say. You and I have seen a lot of people with great blogs. Mm -hmm. They have something great to say, and they say, I'm not going to make any money at this because I don't believe in any of that. But then they're gone three months later because they're not making any money at it. A lot of bloggers quit like six months in, I think it's the average. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, I bet that first hundred bucks was just phenomenal. Uh, it was definitely really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, and then t tell me about how the, the blog grew. I remember, I remember seeing you everywhere. Like you, <laughs> you just seem to be everywhere. And I think that's important if you're going to do that as a side hustle. Definitely. Um, yeah. So it grew like really quickly. Um, on Making Sense of Sense, what I like to do is I always, all my blog posts are very like personable. Like it always sounds like I'm talking to someone, and I feel like that's what readers really like. So, um, like I get emails all the time from like moms and dads who like tell me like they printed out my whole entire blog and gave it to like their college kid or whatever. And then I get an email from the college kid telling me I hate you. Like I have to read your whole blog now. So. Thank you for making me read seven thousand pages. <laughs> But I won't have student loan debt. Those emails always make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. But, but but isn't that? But that's half the. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're making money, and I made the cash cow joke. But really, it's this. I don't know what the word is. This communion with your readers. It's really fun. Yeah, I really love blogging. I love the. I love all my readers. I love all the emails I get. I just. I still really really love it. So you had for quite a while this very rigid schedule. Was there was there an overarching strategy, or was it more just? the key for people out there that might have a side hustle or want a side hustle that massive action is the key? 
Uh, definitely massive action for me. So um, lots of bloggers are like very analytical and I don't think I'm that way. Um, I pretty much just do what I want to do. Um, I, like my thing is I'll say yes to everything, but I also want to enjoy everything that I'm doing. Luckily, I enjoy everything with blogging. Well, I'm glad you included us because we enjoyed having you here. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thanks a ton. Michelle Schroeder-Gardner, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. All right, Richie. Hey there, Orlando. I'm the real star of this show, right? I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I know this is the part of the show you've been waiting for. Joe's picked three contestants out of the audience for my incredible trivia. Let's meet them now. You should be over here. Come on over, trivia You receive people. very clear instructions at the beginning of the evening. It's not that hard. Come on over. Joe's going to do a little chit-chat. I have like a right nightmare thing going on here. All right, let's meet our, meet our three trivia contestants, see who actually comes to a Stacky Benjamin show. Uh, what is your name? Ashley. Ashley, and what do you do? I'm an exercise physiologist at Florida Hospital. Awesome. So you're here locally? Yes. Awesome. And what made you come out tonight? Doug Shirt. Me. <laughs> Nothing better to do. I heard about it listening to the Afford Anything podcast, actually. Awesome. Um, Paula. Thank you, Paula. Thank yes, you. we're going to see Paula here in just a minute. Yeah, that's how we get all our listeners are from Paula. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> all right, you ready to do this? She has no idea what she's doing. And what is your name? Hi there, I'm Susan. Susan, what do you do? Nothing. Excellent. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That's the yes. same job Doug has. And you listen to the Choose FI podcast, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Our friends Brad and Jonathan. But seriously, do you? I'm retired. Okay. I was, was an engineer. Awesome. All right. So that means you drove a train. <laughs> no? Different thing? Sorry, it's a bad joke. Yes. Well, I'm glad you... How did, how did you find out about tonight? Well, I started blogging just for a hobby. Yeah. Sort of like she's saying, there's no way I'm going to make any money on it. So, But I haven't quit. It's been almost nine months, so I'm over the line. Awesome. Congratulations. What's your blog called? FI Ideas. Awesome. Well, go. go talk to Michelle, and you'll be at six figures before you know it. <laughs> there you go. A month. And your name, sir? Hey, guys. I'm Andrew Brooks. Awesome. And Andrew, what do you do? I work for uh, real estate at Extra Realty Central downtown Orlando. Awesome, cool. And what brings you out tonight? Uh, my friend Michelle L said, money nerd right there. She invited me to come out tonight. We just had a event down at the Rosen Shingle Plaza. Not the creek. That's a different the disease. They're just giving out plaza. Just shingles everywhere. You just Rosen, you know. Yeah, take your shingle to the plaza, the creek, wherever you want to go. Nice. So, uh, but, but uh, I'm glad you're here with us. So, you guys ready? We're gonna ask. So, we're gonna ask you a trivia question. We do this usually on the show. We play at prices right style. Okay, which means the closest without going over is gonna be the winner. You get phenomenal swag, not uh, mom's casserole. You actually are going to get an awesome uh, uh, Stacky Benjamins t-shirt. We got some tour t-shirts back there. And by the way, if you don't win one, don't worry. You can buy one for 20 bucks. That's our little plug. The, the, all right. So, everybody ready? Yeah. You got to play the bump, bump, ba -dum. All right. Everybody, nope, nope. We're going we're gonna to start on this end, and we're going to go, so you have the last guest. Yes, fantastic. All right. We ready to do this? Richie, roll it. Okay, suckers, I mean uh, contestants, here is your question. While everyone knows that the number one place to visit on Earth is the Sizzler, 
Yes, it is. Considerably fewer people know that Orlando is the number one tourist destination in the USA. Beating out heavy hitters like New York, San Francisco, and that Rock City attraction in Chattanooga. That place is awesome. But, and here's your question, just how many visitors did Orlando welcome in 2017? How many visitors did Orlando welcome in 2017? And I think, I'm horrible with names, but I think it's Ashley. Ashley. Ashley? All right, Ashley, you have the first guest. How many do you think? 10. 25 million. 25 million million visitors. Awesome. And... It's Susan! Oh, my God! I know! (laughs) So bad. Susan, she came I'm so all bad. the way out here to see you tonight. <laughs> God. <laughs> all right, Susan. Okay, I'm going to go with 7,781,984. I like it. Wow. Could you be more specific, I know. please? Yes. Engineering. <laughs> That's right. I'm afraid we can't accept that yeah, answer. You, yeah, you can't Those are it. baseball signals. Sir, no help from the audience. Okay. And Mike. Andrew. What? All right, Andrew. <laughs> Joe, come on, Joe. God, Joe! And Philip! <laughs> what is? No, no, 60 million. One six. No, no, I'm saying what is. What is? What, yes. Alex Trebek. Yes. Yeah. No. So what is 16 it's a million? I, it's a 60 million. So wait, 60 so, million. So, so last year we had, did you write these? You didn't write these down, Doug. I didn't write these down. Sure. Either. He's got it. He's I've got, got it. Mary at 25 million. <laughs> I've got uh, Joseph at 7.39764 million. And I got Mike at 60 million. We're good. All right, Ashley, Susan, and Andrew, I hate to do this, but we're going to make you wait because we have a special segment. So if you want to go back and have a seat, we're going to have the trivia answer here in just a second. But first, we promised you earlier that we were going to talk about uh, a, a, a group of people here, that are making please. a difference, not just in the Orlando area, but also making a difference worldwide. We're so happy he's here. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Hallbrook from Rise Against Hunger. Hold those Jeeves. Yes, rise against, let's talk about rise against hunger. But actually, before we do that, Jason, I want to ask you about your journey, because what made you, what, how did you get where you are right now? Sure. Uh, So growing up, uh, my grandfather was a pastor. Okay. Uh, So I really kind of saw what service looked like on a day-to-day basis. Um, And he just really set a a great example. Um, And really thinking about his legacy as I got older and really into my professional life, um, gave me something to look up to, kind of strive towards, um, and it just always was a part that was kind of ingrained in me. But how did you, it's, it's funny you hear that your grandpa is, uh, is serving people. I would guess that's a 24-7 job. It is. It's definitely not your 9 to 5, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, he was there for pretty much anybody and everybody, our family, his church. Um, I remember, you know, going to bed at night, maybe waking up 10, 11, 12 at night, and, um, walking by his study, and uh, there he was, you know, just doing what he did every single day. Wow. Yeah. For some people, that would drive them, like it did for you, to what you do, serving other people. For sure. other people, they're like, oh, he's still doing this at midnight? Hell no. <laughs> like, what made you decide to go toward it instead of away? No, you're right. I mean, I think it, it easily could have intimidated me, uh, but really just, I think, um, certainly, and actually, after he passed uh, about 15 years ago, 
Uh, just thinking about the legacy that he left, the impact that he had on people, the impact that he had on those people's children and their children's children, and knowing that uh, you know I can kind of at least try to walk in those shoes um, really just inspired me to, to do more. So how did you find then Rise Against Hunger? Yeah, so I kind of uh, professionally always teetered between uh, sales and nonprofit. And I would get into a sales job, and inevitably my heart would kind of tug me back in. And um, so it was about three, three and a half years ago, I had a conversation with my wife, and I said, you know, I need to make a decision to go one way or the other full time, right? And so through an internet search, I found Rise Against Hunger, did some research, realized that their vision, their mission really aligned with things that, that I had already did uh, within my church realm and, and uh, mission trips and things like that. And um, it, just, it just matched. It was a really good marriage of you know, what they were trying to do and already doing and what I w uh, would hope to do. Well, let's talk yeah. about that because we got a bunch of money nerds yeah. in the, in, here in Orlando. And let's go over some of the statistics because the statistics are kind of startling. Yeah, they are. So um, I work with Rise Against Hunger, and, and what we are is an international hunger relief organization. Um, so just real quick, we partner with uh, groups all over the world, and we package meals in a really sort of high-energy um, event, and then we ship those meals internationally to really the most developing countries in the world, uh, primarily into school feeding programs. And so um, it's just a really just incredible hands-on opportunity. Um, Statistics-wise, and I mean, there's there's lots of them. Um, I'll try to give you some of the some of the biggest ones, some of the broadest ones. Uh, the reality of why we exist and why we believe we can see a, a zero hunger in this world um, is roughly 820, 821 million people on a day-to-day -day basis go to bed what we what we consider food insecure. So that means they're going to sleep, probably not having dinner, certainly not knowing where their breakfast is coming from, and their day-to-day -day really consists of trying to either you know, find food, search out food, or somehow earn a couple of dollars just to, to have that one meal per day for their family. So that's really why we exist and, and why we do what we do on a regular basis. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's not about the statistics as much as it's about that one family. No, without a doubt. And I mean, you know, I, I so much uh, like to, to share the stats, right, because that's important to see how staggering, you know, hunger really is. But the reality is um, when you can connect people with, with families, connect people with students, you know, we invest most of our meals into, into school feeding programs. Uh, we really believe that, you know, education is, is, is where we want to invest those meals. When you think of hunger, uh, you really, the, the, the more overarching issue is poverty. And we really, truly believe that we're going to battle poverty. We're going to tackle poverty through education um, and really getting people self-sustaining, self-sufficient, not only within their family unit, but within their communities. Um, so we just, we, we love what we do. We, we offer just a, such, a, such a unique opportunity. Um, well, I want to ask you about that because our friends at TIA yeah. uh, told me about you and I was fascinated. And I want to do this. This is really cool what they do. So people can get together and you have like a food packaging party. Yeah, it really is. That's exactly what I, I call it. It's packaging party. Uh, it is essentially an assembly line of people. Uh, we show up with these raw ingredients, these huge heavy bags of rice and soy and vitamins and vegetables. Um, and it's an assembly line of people. We start with these big, big raw bags. But by the end of the, by the, end of the, the line of people, we have these small, um, sealed, ready-to-ship, ready-to-eat uh, meals. And we uh, take them back to my warehouse, and our warehouse is all over the U.S. We have locations uh, internationally as well. And then we are investing them really in just the most vulnerable communities. Um, and like I said, primarily into schools. And uh, to know, and, I, and I've seen firsthand, um, I've had the opportunity to travel overseas and, and, and pass out these meals and have lunch with these students. And just to see the, the hope that it provides in, in them on, on a daily basis where really without it, um, they're going without. 
right? So we're stepping in because of incredible partners like TIAA and, and groups all over the world. We are able to, to not only offer meals, but provide hope for that next day for those students and those families. I love the idea, though, of just getting together a group of friends on a Friday night. Instead of just having game night, we have package food for people who don't have it. No, oh, that, absolutely. That just, I mean, it's got to be fun and fulfilling at the same time. It's very high energy. It's a lot of fun. I leave the, I leave the events every single time when we call an event high, just knowing like what you did for those two hours, the impact that it has, but the fun you had doing it as well. Yeah, isn't that absolutely. cool? I just think that's so cool. Yeah, yeah it's great what you do. Tell me about your partnership with TIA because they've yeah. made this really happen. Uh, yeah, so we've, we've, had a, we've had an incredible partnership with TIA for the last few years. Uh, just this year alone, as you mentioned uh, early on, their 100 Days of Difference. Yes. Uh, packaging um, over 270,000 meals this year alone. And I'm excited to say that in 2019, so next year in March, they will have surpassed their millionth meal with Rise Against Hunger. Their oh, millionth meal. Oh, that's fantastic. Meal. So the commitment, you know, and, and, and really that, that's... That's what affords us the opportunity to do what we do um, and essentially help families everywhere, all over the world. Can you talk about the thing at, uh, at the Jaguar Stadium? Yeah, so I had the opportunity to, uh, to facilitate one of their events um, here just a few months ago at the Jaguar Stadium. Uh, the players were there. They weren't at the event, but they were all around. It was really cool to kind of see them and see the stadium. Beautiful, beautiful venue. We had, uh, we had about 200 to 250 uh, volunteers over two shifts. We packaged 35,000 meals in just a couple of hours. So really, this, 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 uh, this event can happen anywhere with really even the most challenging of logistics, um, but it's a lot of fun, and we can work with, we work with so, so many groups, you know, from the corporate world to the civic world, faith world, um, and education, of course, so. On TIA's end, they are celebrating 100 years, and uh, we're going to actually help them kick off with our next two shows in Kansas City and yes. in Detroit. Their Difference Maker 100, talk about that for a second. Yeah, so like you had mentioned, they're honoring 100 people, and they're donating $10,000 on behalf of those 100 people to uh, nonprofits that they, that they serve in. So a million dollars. I mean, sometimes that's hard to really grasp, uh, but the, the impact that that's going to have on so, so many communities, I mean, just speaks, speaks volumes to who they are as an organization, the commitment they have, not just to Rise Against Hunger, but just helping people in general worldwide. Um, again, we are able to do what we do as an organization because of partners just like them. Chris, you've got a question for yeah, Jason? I'd love, and I think the audience would too, how do we get these parties of food organizations. Yeah, absolutely. So riseagainsthunger.org. We have locations all throughout the U.S. And again, this can happen with as few as 20 or 30 people packaging 10,000 meals in two hours. Uh, we do container events where you've got seven or 800 volunteers coming in in shifts, and we bring the cargo container to your to your site, and we're packaging you know 200 or 300,000 meals. So it really works with any venue, any size, multiple logistics. Um, the meals are sponsored, a very small fee. Um, again, it is just an insanely fun time. No Knowing that at the end of the day, not only do we have a blast, but we are truly, truly affecting change in these communities. That's really cool. And you're going to show people outside after the show. Yeah. If people want to want to hang out with us after, we're going to have. Uh, you'll be able to show people exactly how it works. Yeah, I'll be out there in the bar. So I'll be in the bar. In the um, bar. Uh, <laughs> like like can we entice you? Feel free to come visit. It's a good yes. man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk through what that looks like for you and your group. Um, and again, we serve so many different sectors that really it's, it's going to hit home for somebody some way. Um, there's different pathways that we call pathways to end hunger. Um, there's a lot of them. And I'm, I'm very confident that at least one of those is going to speak to you. So I'd love, to, I'd love to talk to you after this. Jason Holbrook, Rise Against Hunger, everybody. Thank, Thank you so you much. So much. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Hey Joe, I've got an idea about this. 
Yeah. So we've got all these t-shirts back here. Yes. And I know we're going to sell out of them. Right. <laughs> going to sell out of the t-shirts. Because then Richie doesn't have to take them back to Texarkana. By the way, they're $20 tonight. They're normally 22 or 23 like 2000 I think, is the normal price. They're 2000 2000 is the normal Highly price. Highly discounted. Only $20 tonight. Tonight yes. only. Right. Yeah, get them for 20 bucks. Are you what? sitting down? Yeah, right. just wait. <laughs> but wait. There's but wait, there's more. more. Yes. So let's do this. Everything we sell today, all the all the proceeds we'll give to to the organization here, just as a thank you for coming out and, yeah. and telling awesome. us a little bit about let's it. Do let's that. do it. That's okay. great. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Let's also let's buy a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not stop there. Everybody paid an admission to get in. Let's do that too. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That goes to Rise Against Hunger. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thanks. Sir. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, suddenly you're happy to give out money, yet I get nothing, Joe. <laughs> We're giving you a 30% Dang. raise after the show. Yes. 30% raise. 30%. Zero dollars. <laughs> it's about the percentage. Still zero. Apparently, I need to do good for humanity before I can get any of your money. Chris, don't help him with the math, please. Yes. All right. Uh, trivia guys. Bill? No, I'm kidding. Andrew? He William? Googled it. Yeah. What's, what's his guess? Hold on, hold on. Oh, whoa, whoa, just easy, chill, Axe. I did point at him. That's my fault. What's, uh, uh, what's Andrew's guess? Uh, Jorge was at $60 million. <laughs> uh, We had Millie at 7.32796474. Susan doing the rounding, right? Yeah. And Ashley. And Hort there. Hortense was at $25 million. <laughs> All right, so we got $25 million. Seven, Seven million and, and 60. 60 million. All right, Richie, hit it. Hey there, trivia fiends. I'm the real star of the show, Joe's Mom's Neighbor Doug. And now it's time for me to deliver what you've been waiting for, your trivia answer. While that Rock City attraction did pretty well last year, as did Cedar Point. Hey, for those of you playing the bingo game at home, you're welcome. New York City finished second in tourists, saying hello to 62.8 million people, but Orlando, oh Orlando, you little vixen you, you were the first city to ever host over 70 million visitors, clocking in with an amazing 72 million tourists. Jorge, you win! Nice job! Hey, yes. 2018 is going to be even better because they hosted the world's best podcast announcer. So we're at 72 million and one tourists. <laughs> How do you feel? Uh, like a million bucks. You, you want to thank all the little people now? Yes. yes. Uh, obviously. Yes. Absolutely. Big hand for Andrew, everybody. Actually, big hand for everybody. You know what? Not just t-shirt for Andrew. Susan, Ashley, thanks for playing. Let's give all you guys some swag, all right? Let's do that. Oh. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Put it away, Doug. Jeez. There's nothing for you. And uh, usually at this point on the show, you're stuck with OG and I answering questions, but we have this crazy Costello guy here helping us. But that's not all. Blue. We actually have lots of money nerds in the audience, and we're going to invite three of them up here. First of all, one of my best friends in the personal financial world and somebody who has just helped me so much. <laughs> no? Paula Pant. <laughs> Come on up here, Paula. Hey. Hey. So, so I'm losing my voice. I, uh, I perfect. Every year at FinCon, I lose my voice. This year, I decided to get it get it done early. Yeah, I'm good. not procrastinating good. anymore. Good. 
Yeah, because you're not going to need your voice the next four days. Absolutely no. not. I also, I also realized, I think I said on your show or on my show, on somebody's show. On some show. On some show, I promised to wear the my own Afford Anything shirts here, and I'm not because I came straight from the airport. So, But I see someone who is. Nice so. work. Woo. Kiss up. Fantastic. And we've got two other money nerds join us, Paula. Oh, all right, it's on. (laughs) It is. From the Money Millhouse podcast. I love this podcast. Let's say hello to Ellie Kay and Bethany Bayless. Yay. Bethany! How are you, girlfriend? I'm so excited. How did I get here? Rightly so. Uh, uh, let's say let's say hi to Ellie and Bethany. So uh, tell everybody a little bit about the Money Millhouse podcast. Yeah, the Money Millhouse is basically conversations about money that I get to have. Well, anyone can have with their mama. <laughs> Yay! And speaking of mamas, I have to apologize to you, Joe, because I know how your mom found out you were in Orlando. Oh. Yeah, she was talking to my mom, who is from Jerez de la Frontera in Sud España, and my mother called your mom. Thanks. And she said, and I asked, why did you call Joe's mom? And she said, oh, I want to get her tuna a casserole recipe. <laughs> and then she said, and you know, mamacita de Joe, that Ellie and Joe are going to be together in Orlando. Yes. <laughs> And she found out that you like the ocean, so it gets worse. Because she says, and I hear that Joe, he's going to go to see a beach. (laughs) That's not good. That is not good. I didn't teach her that. (laughs) Wow. Bethany, you must be very proud. Beaches all over. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Yes. Uh, 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 I feel I felt bad for Bethany because she's not getting any FaceTime this week. You, you are you are the MC of FinCon, way better than that loser that used to do it. How did that happen? I think it was too perfect last year, so they needed somebody a little yeah, bit right. less nice. perfect. Nice, that's good. That's what it was. You, you are like way that? better. Yeah, the twenty, right? What was that? The twenty in the hand meter. <laughs> yeah, the, okay. you get PT twenty bucks. I yes. got you. I could beat that guy, right? <laughs> Yeah, way better. And then you're also doing the Prudus Awards, the right? Personal Finance Awards. How exciting yes. is that? And we're, it's weird because we actually have a category that like we're up for, so we're, we can't win. Well, you, well. I mean, it wouldn't maybe. be fair. Would that be too. great, announcing yourself as the winner? We'll see what happens. We'll like, who's actually going to believe that? Right? <laughs> and the winner is anyway. me. You're welcome, America. Drop the mic. You know. Yes. That's it's so good. Awesome. Yes. All right. Uh, uh, we have this illustrious panel to answer questions for us. So we're taking personal finance questions. If you want to, if you don't mind getting close to Doug in that awesome shirt of his, we will answer some personal finance questions for people that step up to the mic. And there might be some swag in it. Maybe. Anybody? Bueller? Come on down. Come on Can over. you come on over? It's always hardest to ask the first question. For bi- so big in for yeah. her. We're all going to the Sizzler later. Yes. All right, give us your give us your name first. My name is Paulette Perhatch. Paulette, we Hi. know you. Hi. Paulette is with the F. It has the big FU fun. I yeah. I post had it. yes I had it. thing. I yes. Have a, you haven't been reading my blog, have you? It <laughs> is it is it is fantastic. And we met in New York. Yes. Hi. Yes. How yeah. have you been? Uh, I've been really good. Uh, 
been good. <laughs> On the charts have not been going so well. But oh, yeah. it's been it's been a fun year. It's <laughs> been working on it. All right, Paula. Um, so my question is, how do you rope in a significant other into this cult? Oh, financial. Did something. you bring him? No. Nope. Tonight? Oh well. Nope. He doesn't know. He doesn't. That would have been step. <laughs> that would have been step one. <laughs> yeah, start with that. But rope it in a in in a significant other, a, a, a Bethany. What do you think? I always bribe him with cookies. So that's usually how I come to the dark side. We have cookies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. That's, that's a quality advice you get on the Stacky okay. Benjamin show. <laughs> cookies. Answers everything. You go from cookies to acid allocation. <laughs> and you're fine. Uh, Paula, what do you think? Uh, what I would say is replace the word save with the word invest. Mm. Because saving can sound really boring. But if you're like, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we could invest? Oh, my voice. Oh, yeah. that voice. Uh, wouldn't it be fun if we could do that? Uh, that? That makes it sound more exciting. It makes it sound more thrilling. And then you just up the percentages. Like instead of investing 10% of your income, it then becomes 20, 30, 40, 50. And they don't even know they're saving. They're yeah. investing. It's all a plot. It's a plot. It's a, uh, Ellie, you have been married for how long? 30 years. 30 years. Yes. <laughs> And by the way, by the way, uh, 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 you have you have several uh, uh, children who serve in the military. Right, we have seven children, and three of them currently serve. We have a Marine infantry officer, we have an Air Force fighter pilot, and we thank have, you very much. And we have uh, an Army infantry platoon commander. He just got his platoon last week. Wow. And one of the things we do to in regards to their significant others, when they want to bring home a potential significant other, then I make them bring their credit report. Are you kidding? <laughs> bring their credit report. True story. And I thought that, like, meet the fuckers was, like, tough. You know? Oh, my goodness. That's hardcore. Uh, uh, Chris, how about you? What do you think? I love that idea. Wow. That's really good. I, I don't know. How do I top that? Yeah. OG? My daughter's two, and I will totally do this because I know every person will not have... Uh, how do you get your significant other involved? I think you got to have some shared... Uh, you gotta have some shared goals. You, you gotta. We took a, a like impromptu trip to Maui last weekend for oh, three hundred okay. bucks, which was oh, not right, a good right. idea. And on the way home, we're like, we have to figure out how to afford this for three hundred dollars. Yeah, someone offered us a place to stay, and we found a ticket for three hundred. That's so awesome. We That's went. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, you need to afford. Okay, yeah, I get it, where you going? Yeah. <laughs> need to afford to live in Maui. I'm going. Ah, it's three hundred bucks. That's a pretty good trip. I don't think you can get better than three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean. You might just stretch and make it work. Might want a side hustle. I know. Right. I don't have an answer for you, but I will empathize with you. My wife one time told me that, that you keep hoarding this money. And I said, you're the first person in the history of mankind that has ever used the word hoarding in money. It's saving money. That's what that means. <laughs> so I, I empathize with you because I still fight the fight after 22 years of marriage as well, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so but, but you know a lot about this, Paulette. What are you going to do? Um, well, I think we're, it's kind of interesting because we were like joking about it. And I was like, wait, I was like, wait, are we both bad with money? And he goes, you were supposed to fix me. And I was just like, because <laughs> <laughs> both my parents are bad with money. So 
it's just I think just throwing it out there and just being very vulnerable like just just laying it hands down being like we're bad at this getting coaches and whatever but he's just like a, a normie you know he's just got his like credit card debt and like we're just he's just got like a pretty average thing going on but it's like no like I've been listening to um, other people that I won't mention, but um, <laughs> who have a bad reputation here. So that's how I got out of debt. But hey, um, but Paula, you know what you do? You just pretend that Ellie's your mom. Okay. Bring him, bring him there. Credit report. Yeah, yeah, there you go. We just we decided to just like sketch out some software we're gonna design. We're, I'm like, we just need to be like eccentric tech millionaires. So we're gonna that's, try that route. That's we'll see awesome. How that goes. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Thank Paulette. You. Thank you. Okay. We got time, I think, for one more. Who's Somebody next? Else got one? Somebody else have one? Andrew, coming on down. Mitch. All right. Hey, <laughs> Josephine. Uh, so I talk to a lot of people nowadays and a lot of millennials after the last downturn. They all think that it's right around the corner and they are in a lot of fear. Other than baby boomers taking their money out of the 401ks, that's the best example I've heard of the next downturn. What is it that you guys feel will lead to the next downturn recession what, what like economically do we economically think economically we'll, in the stock market i mean every 10 years it seems like there we'll is. we'll create that downturn yeah something will what okay. is it you feel will create that yeah uh, uh paul you want to start yeah <clears throat> Woo. yeah, uh, yeah. I, wow my voice cracks like a 12 year old okay um i so i mean i think i just think cyclically uh, every 10-ish or so years, we have a, a bull run. It, you know, it, the market goes up, it goes down. So I, I suppose I somewhat disagree with the premise of the question in that I don't think it's useful to try to um, to prognosticate about like what when it's going to happen or why it's going to happen. I think it's more useful to just prepare for the fact that it will happen and that's part of the natural cycle of the market. And as long as you can ride out those waves, there's no major risk of ruin, and you are in it for the long term, then you have that, that wavy upward trajectory. Hold on a second. Andy. Andy. Andy yeah, Wong from I Inspired hear, Money. Yeah, I, saw, I, saw, yeah, I saw the arm. Yeah. Me, so. I think this one's for you, Andy, because you've Why? got a great podcast and talk about this all the time. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm going to say that historically... A major market correction is usually caused by either a recession, which is the economy slowing, or a very sharp rise in interest rates. So I don't think that it would be the outflow of baby boomers taking money out of retirement. I would hope that there are fundamentals that the market valuation is tied to the economy and uh, interest rates. Bethany and Ellie, you meet people all the time when you're on the road. You go to military bases all the time, see people worried about the same stuff Andrew's worried about. What do you tell them? Well, I'm actually a millennial. I just want to admit, you know, I'm a millennial. Thank you. Can I just get a shout out? Because some of us are okay. Um, but, <laughs> and, you know, even if I get older, I will always be a millennial. That's which really, is, you know, that's pretty cute. awesome. That's really so cute. That's my, my expertise in the matter. And, you know, we do visit a lot of, a lot of bases. We see a lot of issues. And, you know, when we, when you see issues like this, something that I can do, because this is something my husband and I do. I've been married two years. Yeah. Hence, uh, why I evaded the question earlier. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about marriage. I just looked to her. 
But um, I think, too, for, for me and something that we do, my husband is very pessimistic when it comes to money, and I'm very optimistic when it comes to money. So we balance each other out in that way. And what we do together is we, we focus on the fundamentals and the fact that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm saving money. I'm being frugal. I'm being where I should be. And that's all I can do because that's all I can control. Right, so I can only control what I'm doing, and we have our emergency fund. We have those things all all ready to go when or if something happens. Because my husband honestly thinks that our bank account will be wiped out one day. Like he just thinks that that's going to be a thing. Sure. Um, but I personally, and so you know, this we have this. We have uh, what we need, and we're going to be okay ultimately in the vast scheme of life. Because apparently, like, you know, that's what happens in the course of time. Is we go up and we go down and. If we do what we're supposed to be doing for us, that's what that we can do. As a millennial, that's my scheme. Nice. I'm so proud of her. I, I did, when I mentioned my three military sons, I failed to mention my favorite child, which is my daughter in the room, Christy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey. She's my adopted daughter. But one of the... <laughs> One of the things we see as a problem when we go from base to base is uh, student loan debt. And I do believe that that is going to be a crisis in our nation. I'm a mother of seven millennials. We were fortunate enough to train them about money from the time they were young and give them a really good work ethic. And believe it or not, our seven millennials garnered $2.5 million worth of scholarships, and they all graduated debt-free with no student loan debt. Chris, Chris, I want to turn to you because you guys at Bloom, and we're going to talk about this, the Bloom Call for Help segment, which is what this is. Mm -hmm. You guys work with people all the time, and do you guys get calls from people saying, hey, I'm panicked about my 401k? Never, I'm sure. Well, I'm glad you asked this question. This is actually a topic I'm probably more passionate about than anything else in the world. I think that more money, let me, let me say that again, I know that more money is lost not because of paying too much in fees, not because of picking bad investments, but because of bad behavior. I'm going to tell everybody here tonight, the market will crash. It's not if, it is when and how many times in your life it will crash. Unequivocally, every five years, there's been 13 crashes since World War II, over 20%. People squander more wealth because during those time periods, they stop contributing to 401ks, they pull their money out of the market. Joe, if these 120-some-odd people, if the one thing they leave here tonight with is to not panic in the next market downturn, we will have paid for this room a 1,000 times over. This is a time where people that are young in this room, the next time the market goes on sale, and I mean that intentionally, it goes on sale, what should you be doing? Buying. <laughs> buy. When you go into the grocery store and shit is on sale, what do you do? You buy more of it. When stocks go down, what do you do? buy more, but most people don't. If we can wire our brains to be just like they are when we are a consumer, more wealth would not be lost as it is right now. So please remember, thank you for asking that. The market is going to crash at some point. None of us know when, and who gives a shit when? It will. And when that time comes, every dollar you can within your budget should be buying. So up your 401k contributions. Don't stop do not stop. Up the 401k contributions, and please don't sell out of your investments at that time period. That's, I wish he was passionate. I wish you, wish you got into that. Yeah. Nice tell, job. Tell me how you really feel. 
Oh, gee, but I want to talk about one thing quickly that we haven't heard yet, which is really, Andrew, I like starting with the end goal. Because if the end goal is far away, like to, to everybody's point, if the end goal is far away, you don't have to worry about it. If the end goal is tomorrow and you've got money in stocks, well, then you've got a problem because you've got money in the wrong place. To your point. To your <laughs> Check that box. Yeah, Check it off. <laughs> no, it Everybody's got uh, uh, great points along the way here. That's the biggest thing, I think, is that uh, at the end of the day, this is going to happen anyway. And as long as you have a plan for what to do while it's happening, uh, that, that's where you're going to benefit the most from it. You could be so lucky as to have the market go down 30%, I mean, for most people in the room. Because who doesn't want to buy at, at, when the Dow is at 19000 Like, we would take that deal again, given the opportunity... Uh, except during the moment, it's going to feel like crap. So, who would like to go back to 2008 and buy? Just, just and buy, mortgage yeah. your house and get yeah. all the student loans you could possibly <laughs> gather. Zero <laughs> percent credit card advances, just on margin. <laughs> just, yes. No, no, not to live it up, to buy stocks. <laughs> to buy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but that was like up. We're money geeks. That's live it up. Oh, it totally is. I'm living up. Could I'm you buying. imagine how painful that would be to have to have sat, sat there in, in 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 March of 2009 and say you know, this would be a good time for me to take all of my cash and invest it right now. I mean, it's scary, but that's the only time you can do scary. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great question, Andrew. Thanks for the Thank question. Thank you. Thank you. Just so you, know, you don't Orlando get two still shirts. still 22% below the national average in the housing market, so. What's that? Yeah. The housing, Orlando housing is still 22% below the national average. Are you in real estate? Spoken okay. like a real estate okay, nerd. Okay, nerd. See you guys. Leave us alone. Thanks, Leonard. You don't get two awesome. t-shirts, you just get one. Thanks to everybody who needed help tonight. That segment was brought to you by Bloom. Bloom. Three O's. S smart, simple 401k management. The hardest part about remembering about Bloom is the three O's. Three O's, yes. Yes, which is oh, why Len Penzo oh. on our show says Bloom. But tell us, Chris, a little bit about how Bloom works, how you guys help people with your 401k. Well, uh, so this was started five almost six years ago, my business partner and I managed money for very high net worth people for the first 15 years of our career. And I remember one night in late January 2013, my business partner emailed me and he said, you know, Wall Street has made a habit of running in the opposite direction of people with small accounts. Maybe we should build something and run towards them. And that literally, it's up on the wall of the Bloom office today. And Anecdotally, what I can share with you is that I spent the first 15 years of my life as an advisor, and I would have these encounters with friends and family in my neighborhood. I'd be standing in my cul-de-sac and having a beer or on the sideline of one of my kids' soccer games, and inevitably, the conversation would ensue, and they'd say, well, what do you do for a living? And I'd say, I'm a financial advisor. And they'd say, you know, I've got this thing. It's called, you may have heard of it before. They call it like a four like a 40k1 or something. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, and I've got and I, and I and I think that I'm putting money into it each month, but I have no clue like is my employer managing that for me or is Fidelity managing? Am, am I supposed to pick the stocks and bonds? And I'm talking like I'm hearing from them and and I'm listening and they say ultimately they get to the point they'd say, "Would you help me with this?" And I say, "Yeah." Just send me a copy of your statement. I'll take a look at it and give you my advice. And so they send me this copy of the statement. And I, and I like to think that I run around with a fairly well-to-do group of people. You know, I mean, these are college-educated, successful people in their careers doing well. And I'd see their 401k statement. And I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand if it looks like this. And it looked like they had, like, vomited choices onto a page. <laughs> like, like it was just a random smattering of shit. Like, none of this made any sense at all. 
so I'd email them back and I'd say, yeah, this is how you need to have it invested. And so this went on for 15 years where it seemed like 80% of the time I'm seeing these 401k statements from people that are doing well in life but are completely screwing up their retirement account. And, and they're going to need this, Joe. Yeah. At some point, they're going to have to retire off of this. And it's like we work so hard in this country, we work so hard to get people to save money. And it's like, if we could just run that last mile of the marathon, and it's like, okay, you've done the hard part. You've parted with this money in your paycheck. Let's at least make sure it's invested correctly. So and now so, you use modern portfolio theory. Yeah, it's all, I mean, we built an algorithm and we built the technology now to go into someone's account. Doesn't matter where you work. Doesn't matter where your 401k is held. Anybody, no matter the size of the account, can be a Bloom client. It takes about four or five minutes to sign up. Yep. It costs $10 a month. So it's like the same as you're paying for Netflix, but it's... <laughs> I think it's more important than that. Is that your phrase? Is that your slogan? Netflix for your I, 401k? Actually, I used to say about the same. Now I can say it's less than Netflix. <laughs> Isn't is Netflix like a 1099 or something? Yeah. It's more than that. Yeah. So for less than that now, it's like you can actually have professional. Now, now, granted, if you're a day trader, if you're super savvy and sophisticated, Bloom's not for you. If you got a Buku boatload of money and you've got an advisor, you don't need Bloom. But there's 90 million people in the country today that have a 401k or 403b, and the vast majority of them don't have zillions of dollars. The vast majority of them are not do-it-yourselfers. That's who we built this company for. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Bloom with three O's for more information. You Thanks said it for wrong, Joe. Uh, 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 we are bleeping out more of this episode than Bleep. any episode we've done in a while. Chris, you're, you're a little passionate, man. I thought, I thought, uh, we, I thought, the, I thought, I I thought like we were him. the safety nest here. I thought we could, like, <laughs> thought this was like... <laughs> I said it one time, and he's like, let's go, baby. Yeah, yeah, you, you open the door. <laughs> Let's talk about, before we say goodbye to you ladies, let's find out what's going on there. What's coming up on the Money Millhouse podcast? We've got a great season lined up. We're really excited uh, about a lot of the shows that we have coming up. Uh, this week, Ryan Ganaw is our guest, so be sure if you're a fan of his to listen to him. And uh, may I leave you with a little bit of tax advice from my mom? No. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't like tax be advice. Be afraid. Be very okay. afraid. My mother really believes in being honest, so she says, Lisong Eli. When it comes to your taxes, you should never cheat. <laughs> Remember that. And can I just say a disclaimer? Her, her mom really does sound like that. <laughs> I have met her. Pure accent. She's gold. Awesome. And what's going on on that crazy Afford Anything podcast, Paula? Susie Orman hates the fire movement. Hates it. And she tells me all about it. Wow. This is going to be my most controversial episode. You can send your hate mail to joe at stackadventures.com. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me on. Glad you could join me on stage, Paula. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's, uh, it is by far going to be my most controversial episode. I'm just going to say I'm just the interviewer. Her opinions do not in any way reflect my own, but her exact words were, and I quote, Hate it, hate it, hate it. It was, it was so funny because, uh, I don't know, I'm sitting at home working on something, and all of a sudden my text message lights up. It's from Paul, and it's, oh, my God, <laughs> Susie Orman. It was, it was amazing. You, we're going to hear that on Afford Anything. Yes, that will be on the Afford Anything podcast. We're publishing that Monday, October 1st. Awesome. Paula, Bethany, Ellie, thanks a lot for the help. Thank you. Give them a big hand. Well, guys, that's, that's going to just about do it. we got to say a big round of applause for the Stacky Benjamins Band. 
Let's give it just for a second. Uh, Miranda, you've been so damn chatty tonight. Why don't you put the microphone down? No, I'm kidding. Miranda, what's going on at Planting Money Seeds? And by the way, thank you for the tambourine. Yeah, well, that's coming up later. Wait, okay. As you may or may not know, for a while I sold out to the man and I, and I worked for Student Loan Hero. And then it was acquired and then I got a payout. And so go ahead and head over to Planting Money Seeds. We'll, I'll be doing an, an article about what to do when your stock options are accelerated and you, you get a windfall. So awesome. check that out. Cool. And Andy, what's going on at Inspire Money? Oh, all kinds of fun things because we all have to live with money. I like to talk to all kinds of interesting people. You do. About money, including Joe Saul Cihai. Not Bobby that Rebel, who's here in the front row. Bobby. Paula Pant has not accepted my invitation yet, so <laughs> I'm Nothing still like waiting. her out in public. That's good. Ooh, she's been traveling, she tells me. And most recently, I talked to Tony Horton, who created P90X. Super interesting story. Oh, cool. He created it when he was 46 years, years old, didn't get married until he was 57 but has inspired 7 million people to either exercise or put the DVDs on their shelf. I don't know <laughs> one or, which one, one you or did, but and it's a really inspiring story. And that's coming up at Inspired Money. Awesome. Inspired Money. Thank you. Guys, uh, Chris, what's, what's uh, coming up next at Bloom? There's, like I said earlier, there's about 90 million people that need help, or let's, let's call it 80 million, roughly. Yep. We're not there yet, so we've got a lot of room to grow, but Bloom is still fighting the good fight, and we're fighting an issue of apathy. There's a, unfortunately, I mean, this. I think this probably this room is full of a lot of fairly engaged people that care, but unfortunately, a lot of people in this country are a little apathetic about their retirement, yeah. and we're, we're trying to change that. Anyway, it's great to see so many people here tonight. This is yeah. a great movement. I love yes. it. Yep. Yeah. OG, so what are you doing after the show, man? I have not been told. <laughs> oh, we have plans, OG. <laughs> you got no idea. Uh, That's going to do it. Waiting for the, instructions. Yes, the org chart. Yeah, it's not told me. <laughs> that's you, that's gonna do it for the that's gonna do it for the show tonight. Thanks everybody for coming out. Doug, what should we have learned tonight, man? Hey, sure thing, Joe. Why don't you get back to figuring out how to pack thirty-five guests into your next show, and I'll tell everybody what we should have learned today. First, from Michelle Schroeder Gardner, while sitting around worrying about how to be successful just adds to your frustrations. Few things beat massive action when it comes to solving your financial problems and finding financial independence. One foot after another, and soon you're on your way. God, I've heard that somewhere before. Second, coming to Orlando on your next vacation? By focusing on trending prices and maybe hitting some of the less well-known attractions, you might turn a good vacation into a great one and for less money. But the big lesson? If you see a mouse running around Orlando, don't try to catch him. Turns out that dude owns the place. He gets a little ornery when you trap him. Trust me on that one. See ya! Wow, this is a list of people. So many people to credit. Here it goes. Thanks to the annoyingly successful Michelle Schroeder Gardner for making sense of sense. And to the perfect married couple, Eric and Wendy Nissan from DIY.fun. To Humanitarian of the Year, Jason Holbrook from Rise Against Hunger. Thanks also to the sultry voice, Paula Pant from Afford Anything. I love that voice, Paula. Oh, Ellie K, Tiger Mom, and her very reserved daughter, Bethany Bayless, from the Money Millhouse Podcast, to our amazing sacking Benjamin Band on the often forgotten tambourine from Planting Money Seeds, <laughs> Seeds, Miranda Marquette, and 
on guitar. It's Eddie Van Halen, everybody. You, yeah. All right, actually, I'm kidding. From Inspired Money Podcast, it's Andrew Wong. And a big thanks to TIAA, and congratulations on 100 years of helping people make a difference. And a huge thanks to and Chris Costello for helping us with today's show. But our biggest thanks of all goes to me for, no, I'm sorry, goes to all of you for coming out here tonight. Thank you for making finance fun. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, saying stick a fork in this one, Orlando, because this podcast is well done. Yeah! All right! Clap and applaud. Welcome to the after show. We don't talk about. I didn't know we could pull that off live, but nice job. That worked. That worked. That kicked they ass. They were all looking at me. The rules, if you're new here, what happens in the after show stays in the after show. We don't talk about it. If you have to talk about it, call it dessert. All right. We have a very special last surprise guest for the after show. He's got a fun game. He's gone around the country working with credit unions, and we're so happy to have him here tonight in the crowd. Uh, big hand for our friend from Frugal, Mr. Jason Vitug. Thank you. Jason came out and visited me in Texarkana. We took a picture with a turkey. Yeah, that was right, turkey. <laughs> it was so awesome. <laughs> so when you go around the nation, you actually have played this little game. Does everybody have a drink? Yes? Yes. All right, if you don't have a drink, you've got to pretend you have a drink if you don't have a drink. But uh, tell everybody what this uh, game is we're going to play. Well, well, first, there's a caveat to it. So uh, I've been going around the country called the Road to Financial Wellness. Yes. Uh, so we've held over a dozen events all across the country. Uh, we've had over 6,000 people attend. And so we wanted to make it really fun. So one of my colleagues for our Mill Money Summit event that was sponsored by USA, uh, Lacey Langford, she came up with this idea called Never Have I Ever Finance Edition. So it was, it was you know, how many of you have played Never Have I Ever? So the vast majority of you have played Never Have I Ever. Let's get, let's, the cool let's, kids. let's get a couple people up here. To yeah. help us play. Uh, from the Paychecks and Balances podcast, Mr. Rich Jones is here. I love this show. I'm so happy you're here with this man. Be good, Rich. Rich, we got some seats. Glad you're here. Thank you. Tell everybody just briefly, if you don't mind handing Rich the mic for just a second, tell everybody a little bit about Paychecks and Balances. First off, this game has me stressed already. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bring, you didn't, didn't even bring your drink. Yeah, but uh, uh, Paychecks and Balances, it's a uh, personal finance podcast where we help millennials make money, save money, and get out of debt, all while having some fun along the way. We also have to have a good friend of mine who did a great job helping us out at the start of the show, Chris Browning. Chris, come back up, man. 
thank you so much for opening for us. That was so great. Thank you. And uh, you He's know what? put that on his resume, by the way. Open <laughs> for Stacking Benjamins. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? Are you selling spatulas? Are you selling spatulas? That's a good idea. <laughs> that is a good idea. He is now. For everybody listening on the podcast, Inside Joke. That's a whole different thing. And you know what? Let's have Lacey Langford come up. You created this hey, game. Come game. on up. Lacey yes. Langford, Don't come on down. Bring the piper. Bring that beer with you. And Lacey, you have a brand new podcast. I do. The Mill Money Movement Podcast. Awesome. And what do you, you and uh, your co-host Hank? Yes, Hank Coleman from Money Q&A. We specialize in military and money with a little dash of humor thrown in. Awesome. Uh, we ready to play? Mitchell, I was going to have you come up. I don't have any seats, man. So you're, yeah, you, you feel like you lucked out, don't you? I totally feel <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there it is. All right, uh, Jason, how do we play? So, uh, never have I ever. So, you make a statement, uh, never have I ever related to finance. And if you happen not to have done that statement, you go and you take a drink. So, if you have a drink, I encourage you to take that drink. So, then we get to know and get to have a great idea in terms of like if you've never done or if you have done that specific financial mistake or whatever. if you have done it you drink i'm confused yes, yeah, when do we get right, to yeah. drink I, I i've had a few beers tonight so um <laughs> i kept telling myself yes. stop so drinking. the most stop responsible yes. people are going to walk out of here hammered <laughs> is that how that works so basically so we if drink you have it. done it. it you you take a drink but if you don't have a drink because i know a few of you are, are not having drinks so you raise your hand so i just definitely want to see you in the audience if all right where, where are we going to start all right we start with Chris. Chris? Yeah. Okay, so I got to just pick something? Yeah. All right, and financial, right? Yep. Okay. Never, <laughs> <laughs> you start with the words, never have pick I Pick me, ever. pick me. <laughs> All right. Never have I ever financed something off of an infomercial, like a QVC type of thing. Finance something off an infomercial. You guys don't have drinks, so you got to pretend like to the drink. the three easy three payments, payments of $174? <laughs> that. Does anybody, oh my God. What? Oh, that was an admission? I was Son in, of a... I was in, I was in college. <laughs> Is that the way that always starts? No, dude, I was in college. Totally. Experimenting with debt. Really, you know. <laughs> Play around, dabbling a little. <laughs> Who knew? No, but there was this like Smith Corona... Uh, uh, Smith Corona... This is going to date me. It's like a word processor. And I, ju I just had this like American oh Express card. They're like five easy payments. Of seventy four ninety five, and uh, I bought it. Joe bought a typewriter for three hundred fifty. You are hundred years old. <laughs> for the low, low price. Come on, who else drank there? Anybody? Or am I the only one? Does Columbia House Records and Tapes count? I was. <laughs> it does. Raise your damn hands, people! Every one of you did that. <laughs> Seven hundred records for a dollar. Right. All right, Rich. You got one for us. Uh. Never have I ever used a consolidation loan for something other than its intended purpose. Consolidation loan. Ah. Shout out to my co-host for that one, because that's yeah. what he did. Tying my hands here. I mean, have, have any of you guys done that? Consolidation loan decides to consolidate debt? Tell I us, what else can you do with those? I didn't, I mean, so <laughs> give me some ideas. So, so I'll give you an example. Um, my co-host got a consolidation loan check, and then he went out and got a car. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then in that case. Yeah, he blew Michael, away. can I get another drink? 
Well, I, I've done a consolidation loan with the purpose of freeing up my credit so I could use it again. Yeah, yeah so I, I consolidated credit in order to free up the credit in order to use that again. Smart. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly the notes, way you do I'm that. Taking notes. Smart, smart and stressful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jason, you got one? Yeah. Never have I ever taken a 401k loan. <laughs> I'm still confused. Wait, did like, you... There's like double negatives in there. So it... never have I ever. Does that mean you have or have not? Have I'm not. still have not. You have to drink if you have. Okay. All right. Look at Chris. This isn't that hard, Chris. <laughs> you know, you know what's, what's really interesting about this game is that, like, when we have all these financial experts, bloggers, CFPs, what people want is they want to be able to connect. They want to be able to say, okay, well, you know what? I've made these mistakes. And I listen to this podcast, I listen to or I read these blogs, and I meet these people. Are they just like me? So when we go and we share all our successes, it's so important for us to share our yeah. failures. Yeah, and I totally so, agree. Yeah, I, I'm actually in there. I, I've taken a 401k loan, and my uh, CFP, my uh, financial planner, told me, you are crazy. And she did the math, and I realized, I was like, oh, wow. But that was after admitting I took out a 401k loan. <laughs> yeah. Oops. All right, Lacey, you got the last one. Okay. Never have I ever had a student loan. Oh. Oh. I got you all, I got you all. <laughs> oh, not me, Southwest Bahama Technical Trump. State Institute and beauty school does not require student loans. Yeah, Smart. I have not. Smart. The $17 yeah. you paid for tuition. Nope. Didn't have a Free thing Free and there. clear, baby. Yeah, you had no student loans. For real, true story. Wow, how'd you do it? I went to the military. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Air Force. Yeah, thank you for your service. Thank you, seriously. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you, Jason, for the great game. Thanks, everybody, for coming. That's a wrap. Thanks a lot. We're going to hang out outside. Thank you very much. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military and let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend og who spent time in the military and of course we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh, mr surly navy federal offers member only exclusive rates discounts and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals visit navyfederal.org celebrate and you'll see all their military appreciation month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.